Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, December 17th. In today's news, centrist Democrats line up to support impeachment. A Mormon whistleblower accuses the church of misleading parishioners about its investments. And the family that owns the maker of OxyContin transferred $1.36 billion of company profits to offshore accounts after victims of its product started suing. But first, the big idea. Congressional negotiators cemented a $1.3 trillion federal spending deal late last night with a pay raise for federal workers, money for federal gun violence research, and the repeal of several taxes associated with the 2010 health care law. Congress is expected to pass the legislation this week ahead of Friday's shutdown deadline and send it to President Trump for his signature. Negotiators finally released the text of the 2,313-page bill at about midnight, and we had a team of people pouring over it all night long. This happens right before every Christmas, when lawmakers want to go home for the holidays. Deadlines focus them, but it's still wild. The vast majority of House members didn't get to see the 2,300-page bill until around midnight either, and they're being forced to vote on it in just a few hours. A high-profile conflict over border wall spending, the issue that sparked the record 35-day partial government shutdown a year ago, was resolved with a retreat to the status quo. Funding remains unchanged from 2019 levels at $1.4 billion, short of the $8.6 billion that Trump requested from Congress. The Trump administration, however, retains the ability to transfer funds from other accounts, though the bill does not replenish the accounts it drew from earlier this year. Funding for immigration enforcement agencies also remains unchanged from 2019 levels. The continuation of any border wall funding is a blow to Democrats, who pushed hard in negotiations to halt construction and to block Trump from diverting funds appropriated for other projects, especially military construction. But Democrats touted significant wins elsewhere in the bill, including $25 million in funding for federal gun violence research and $425 million in election security grants, as well as a $208 million boost in funding for the Environmental Protection Agency. The federal funding for gun violence research isn't that much money in the grand scheme of things, but it's significant. This is the first time the federal government will have conducted research on the harms of the gun violence epidemic and trying to understand connections, how things happen. The first time it's done this research in more than 20 years. The 2019 spending agreement this summer clarified a longstanding provision that had been interpreted to prevent funding for that, but it didn't actually provide any money. This does. Also riding along on the spending legislation is a bill that will raise the national age for tobacco sales from 18 to 21 and reauthorize the Export-Import Bank of the United States. The measure prohibiting sales of tobacco products to anyone under 21 will include cigarettes and e-cigarettes. Public health advocates praise the move, saying it will help reduce kids' access to vaping products, but they stress that much more action is needed to reverse the surge in youth vaping. And a lot of experts are expressing concern that the White House is going to use this measure to avoid imposing the ban on flavored e-cigarettes that Trump announced in September, but subsequently backed away from under a pressure campaign from lobbyists. On Obamacare, this spending bill repeals the so-called Cadillac tax, a 40 percent tax on generous health insurance plans that had originally been intended 
to encourage corporations to buy lower-cost plans for employees. The bill also repeals the 2.3% tax on the sale of medical devices, such as catheters and pacemakers. Other GOP wins include funding to advance a Republican-supported Veterans Affairs program aimed at privatizing some VA healthcare delivery, as well as the preservation of several policy restrictions related to abortion and gun rights. The bill, for instance, does not contain language that Democrats sought, which would have overturned the Trump administration's move to bar organizations that receive federal family planning grants from referring patients for abortions. It also leaves out increased funding of foreign family planning programs that Republicans argue encourages abortion. The release of the bill keeps the House on track for what is really a head-spinning week of action, with the spending deal expected to come to a vote in the House today, followed by a vote on Wednesday to impeach Trump, and then a vote on Thursday to ratify the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, on impeachment, a contingent of Democratic House members from Republican-leaning districts announced one by one on Monday that after weeks of extraordinary pressure, they've decided to vote to impeach the president. Monday's announcement dealt a blow to Trump and his allies, who had been encouraging Democrats to defect to bolster their depiction of impeachment as a crusade by liberal extremists. Of the 31 House Democrats who represent districts that Trump carried, at least 19 have said they'll vote to impeach the president. Only two so far have said they will vote against impeachment. The moderates siding with their party are characterizing their decisions as acts of conscience. Elisa Slotkin, for example, a freshman congresswoman from Michigan from a heavily Trump district, acknowledged this vote may cost her re-election. But she says she'd rather go down on principle than spend a career in Congress. A new Washington Post-ABC News poll out this morning shows Americans are really locked in a partisan stalemate on removing Trump from office. On the eve of the House vote, 49% of Americans say Trump should be impeached and removed, while 46% say he should not. Those numbers are essentially identical to our last poll at the end of October. Our new poll also finds that regardless of whether Trump committed an impeachable offense, 49% of Americans say he improperly pressured Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden and his son, while 39% say Trump did not do this. Despite the stalemate, most Democrats and Republicans alike expect that the Senate impeachment trial will be fair for Trump. Bipartisan majorities, including two in three Republicans, say they believe that the president should allow his top aides to testify during the Senate trial. Number two, a former investment manager alleges in a whistleblower complaint to the Internal Revenue Service that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has amassed about $100 billion in accounts intended for charitable purposes. The confidential document received by the IRS a few weeks back and obtained by the Post accuses church leaders of misleading members and possibly breaking federal tax rules by stockpiling their surplus donations instead of using them for charitable works. It also accuses church leaders of using the tax-exempt donations to prop up a pair of businesses. A spokesman for the church did not respond to detailed questions from us and said the church will not provide information about any specific transactions or financial decisions. This complaint was filed by David Nielsen, a 41-year-old Mormon who worked until September as a senior portfolio manager at the church's investment division, a company called Ensign Peak Advisors that's based near the church's headquarters in Salt Lake. 
Nonprofit organizations, including religious groups, are exempted in the U.S. from paying taxes on their income. Ensign is registered with authorities as a supporting organization and an integrated auxiliary of the Mormon Church. This permits it to operate as a nonprofit and to make money largely free from any taxes. The exemption requires that Ensign operate, though, exclusively for religious, educational, or other charitable purposes, a condition that Nielsen says the firm has definitely not met. In a declaration signed under penalty of perjury, Nielsen urges the IRS to strip the nonprofit of its tax-exempt status and alleges that Ensign could owe the government billions in taxes. He's seeking a reward from the IRS, which offers whistleblowers a cut of unpaid taxes that it recovers. Number three, the Sackler family transferred $1.36 billion in Purdue Pharma profits overseas into private accounts. The family that owns the company, which manufactures the narcotic painkiller OxyContin, transferred $1.36 billion to overseas accounts in affiliated companies after 2008. That's part of $10.3 billion in total profits distributed out of the company. This came out in a filing in U.S. bankruptcy court last night by the company accounting for the various family cash transfers. Overseas transfers have been a source of inquiry by the New York State Attorney General and other states that are seeking information about whether the billionaire family has gotten rich as the opioid crisis walloped the heartland and reduced overall life expectancy for Americans. One set of overseas transfers of $312 million came in 2017, the same year that states and counties began filing lawsuits against the company, accusing it of stoking the opioid epidemic with misleading marketing materials. Other sums went to family holding companies and various offshore affiliates. The largest recipients of the funds were family-owned companies called Rose Bay Medical and Beacon, which were repositories all told of about $4.2 billion. Millions of dollars then went to reimbursing members of the Sackler family for travel, cell phone payments, and other expenses, including their legal fees. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, December 17th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. If you want to get more news about the impeachment process, you can subscribe to a podcast feed from The Washington Post with all our updates in one place, including the latest from The Daily 202's Big Idea, Can He Do That?, and Post Reports. Find it at WashingtonPost.com slash podcasts.